It's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Sponsored by Journey 333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams. Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Travis Barnes. And I'm Cindy Barnes. And we're the founders of Journey 333 and the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. Now, Journey 333, now that is a place where you can go to look better, live better, and feel better. We help you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition. And it's a place of mind, body, and spirit. I am so excited for who we have on the show today. He's a motivational speaker. He's a two-sport pro athlete. He's a CrossFit Games champion. Jeremy Herder, so lucky to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. I hope the people are feeling that energy. Wow, that's a killer intro, man. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, man, I just, I could go on forever about you guys. And I mentioned life coach. Did I mention consultant to different companies? I mean, this guy is just amazing. I honestly want to just keep him as my personal friend because I'm already kindred spirit connected to this guy. Uh, So cool, right, Cindy? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Super excited to have you here. Thank you so much. Listen, Travis has has just reeled off a whole bunch of things, but (laughs) let's start at the beginning. Tell us from a young age, tell us how how you grew up. Tell Mm. tell the listeners about you, struggles you may have had when you were younger and and how you got to where you are today. So let's start. What makes this man who he is? (laughs) Well, uh, again, thank you so much. you guys are amazing. And, you know, the pre-show was, was awesome getting to know you guys. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited to be here. So, you know, just learning more about, about you guys and, and what you're bringing to the world. You know, I, I think it is important to, to understand because the way I look at it is this, you know, we, you, you see these memes and you see these things, especially on social media and the shows, the iceberg, right. And it's just that little tip that's out of it. Right. And, and that's what everybody sees, right. They see that like things that you, that you said, right. Played professional baseball, went to the CrossFit games in that moment, you know, event four deadlifts and box jumps and you're number one in the world. And you stand on that podium and you, you know, like everybody sees that. Right. But what they don't see is what's underneath that water, right? They don't see the struggles and, and, and all the things and the work that it takes to get there. So I'll take you all the way back because I think it's important for people to understand, you know, in our lives and in our world, people are dealing with amazing traumas, things that, that, mo- that humans should never have to go through. And I hope that through this conversation, we can, we can enlighten them and, and give them a little bit of hope. And so I mean, to be honest, I grew up, you know, my mom was 15 uh, when she got pregnant, 16 when I was born. She was actually at the clinic to to get an abortion because they were like, you know, no 16 year old or 15 year old should be having a child. And my Nana was the one who said, you know, you know, it's a it's okay. You don't have to do this. And and she said, I don't want to do it. And, you know, so here I am today. So so that was that moment. But, you know, she was a child and and so was the man and they ended up getting married. And he was an alcoholic, uh, just like his father before him. And, you know, he was that, 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 that was passed down to him. And he just, and he wore it like a badge of honor, um, very abusive, uh, drug addict as well. And, and so, you know, those first years of life were spent that way. Um, you know, luckily my mom is an amazing and strong and, and diligent 
woman that that someone that everybody should should have a person like this in their life because you know I'll give you the story I mean he came home one day you know and was was drunk already and coming home to change his clothes and go back out and she said no I you know you you need to stay home with your family these you know at the time I had a little brother as well uh so she had two kids now by then and he was like you know you're not telling me what to do and again put hands on her put hands on me and and it's, it's a moment where, you know, he, he sat me down and well, forcefully and said, you know, busted my lip. And he said, that wouldn't have happened to you if you didn't come in there. It's none of your business. You should have stayed out of there. So again, again, it's my fault. Right. Um, and so I'm sure there's people out there that can relate to that, but, but being the strong lady that my mom is, she, she packed us up and, and got us out of there called Nana and Papa and they came and picked us up and, uh, and we never went back. And, you know, Luckily we had great people around my mom. My mom has sisters and, you know, that, that side of the family and Nana and Papa and, you know, it takes a village for sure. Um, but, you know, that was, those are those moments. And, you know, I was telling you uh, one of those, the times in my life as I was having this, this recurring dream as, as a child, uh, you know, probably like seven, eight, you know, 10 years old at this point. And I was telling my mom about this dream. It was like frightening because I was waking up with it and it was recurring and it was my, and I, she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, you know, uh, his name. And I would said his name and I and put him on my, and, and he was put me on this pool table and him and his friends were, were rolling pool balls and I was jumping over them. Right. And then they would bounce off and sometimes they would hit my leg and it would hurt and they would be laughing and they would throw it and I would jump. And I was scared. Like it was a scary moment. And I could see her, her eyes welling up with tears. And she said, wow, that's, that's not a dream that, that really happened. And I mean, you're talking now, you know, years and years later of, of this boy having these dreams. And so it's one of those things where, you know, you, we, we talked about it and she was explaining to me, like, you know, I mean, that's, you know, that's something that, that happened, right. That's drugs and alcohol and, and they do, they do crazy things to you. And, and when you can, and, and there's people out there that can't control it. And, you know, so she was like, and I was, and I was grateful even in the moment. Cause, cause she got us out of there. She was the one who made that choice, right? She picked us up and said, you know, with it, with, there's a, we're going to have a better way, you know? And she worked, you know, two, three jobs to, to, to make it work our whole lives, man. And so, um, like, I hope people see like, and I know there's people out there, so please know, I'm not saying that don't feel sorry for me in any way. Cause there's people that have it way worse than I do, but I, I want people to know is that through those struggles, through those times that, that you can persevere. So again, you heard Travis introduce me this, this afternoon or whenever you're hearing this and you might think, oh, wow. Right. But the truth is, is that, you know, it, it, it is a struggle that, that you do have to, you do have to fight for what you want. You do have to learn who you are. You do have to take, you know, and, and, and looking at those situations, you know, I tell people today, like my superpower is seeing the good. Like that is my superpower. I, you, you know, <laughs> I mean, I've been in car accidents where I've found the good in the car accident where, you know, I end up being friends with the person who, who that was and, you know, and help them through something that they were struggling with. Right. Like you can find the good, like, like I say today through those trials and tribulations and all those things that my, my superpower is, is seeing the good in, in others and finding the good in others. So that's a great superpower to have. That's a, I, <laughs> I like 
go by the quote, uh, see the good in other people and treat them mm. as that's all you see, you know, like yeah. that's the goal. Now, said she got you out. She got you out. Now, this, this is traumatic. These are traumatic situations. It's not sure. easy to grow up in a volatile household. Uh, it's not easy to, you know, have a parent that's an alcoholic. Uh, you know, it's not easy to suffer abuse. So she got you out, but more than likely not unscathed. Uh, more than likely, you know, you have to deal with some issues uh, growing up, um, some sort of, uh, you know, I don't know what you carry around inside you. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about it. You know, I mean, was there anger or uh, resentments or, you know, fears or, you know, what was happening? You know, All of it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And yes, anger for sure. Resentment a million percent. And, you know, fears. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I could be him, right? He was just like his father, you know? And so, uh, yeah, all of it. So, I, I, and I'll say, you know, the times in my life that it really showed up was, well, I, I, is when I had children and, you know, having my, you know, my first little girl and, and man, seeing her. And I thought, how could anybody not want to see their first step, hear their first word? How could you not want to, you know, take them to their first day of school or pick them up. Like it just blew my mind. And, and honestly, Travis, it made me more angry in those years. It made me more angry. It made me, I wanted to hate him more. Right. I wanted to push it. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I had no desire to talk to him. I, I had no desire to find him. I had no desire if he came around to say hi, because as you get more successful and, and I became, you know, and all of a sudden your name is in the newspaper and your pictures in the newspaper and, you know, you're going on to, to, to scholarships and probate and all these things, you know, it, they, there's people that come around that want to, that want a piece of that, right. They want, they want to, they want to come in and, and act like they had a piece of your success. And, and again, there was a lot of anger, a lot of resentment to that, to, to all of those things. Um, and that didn't, you know, that didn't subside till, till later in my life. And, and we'll go back, but, but I think of an important piece too, for people to understand is that, you know, there's going to be people around you your whole life, right? There's going to be people around you that tell you, you can't do things or that, 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 that don't, believe in you or, or, you know, a lot of times, especially when we choose things in, as we're in, as we're kids, I told everybody I was going to be a baseball player. They were like, what are you going to be? I'm like, I'm going to be a baseball player. It wasn't even a question. They're like, well, what if that doesn't happen? It's like, I, I'm going to be a baseball player. And then if I'm not a baseball player, I'm going to be a baseball player. Like, like, I mean, and again, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. What I'm saying is this, is that um, another important, another important turning point in, in my world was, you know, I wasn't the fast kid. I wasn't the strong kid. I wasn't the kid hitting home runs and, you know, that you were going to pick first on your team. I wasn't making all-star teams and, and all those things. Right. I was, I was just diligent. I just, it, it became a blessing because I was such a small kid that, that my technique had to be great in order for me to even compete with those guys, those 12 year olds that were three times my size, right. Is that I, my, my technique had to be good just to be average, you know? And so, uh, and I was telling you guys this before and I'll, and I'll share it with the audience is that, you know, my 13 year old year was like that year. Like I grew a little bit, I got a little bit stronger and our team won the championship. And, and when that happens in, in the league that we were in, the coach gets to pick the last two kids of the all-star team. And so we won the championship. He, he, he was the dad of my best friend, still one of my best friends to this day. You know, like we grew up together. We still hang out together. We still talk. And, and I didn't make the team. 
And I thought, man, he's picking the two guys. He's, he's going to definitely pick guys from our team. We won the championship. He's definitely going to pick me because I go on vacations with them. And I'm, you know, like I had all the things in my head that, that start. I'm in, right? Yeah, I'm in. I mean, man, I, I, you know, I got that connections, right? And, you know, my name didn't get called out there that day. And then we were at the pizza party, you know, after with the team and, and, and everyone's around. And, and so I went up to him and I asked him and I asked him why I didn't make it. Why didn't he choose me? Mm-hmm. And he looked me dead in the eye and I can tell you what he was wearing. I could tell you what the smells were. I could tell you what I was wearing. I mean, I'm 50 years old today and now it's a 13 year old boy. And I could, and I remember it vividly like it was yesterday. It's, it's still in full color. And he said, because you weren't good enough. Now, again, 13 year old boy crushed, no doubt, no doubt about it. Like my soul was crushed. And I, I mean, I ran to the the counter asked the lady to call my mom. <laughs> she called my mom. I said, mom, please pick me up. She's like, you're supposed to stay the night over there. I said, please, please, please just come, just come, just come. She said, yes. So I didn't even go back inside. I, I ran outside and I sat on the curb until she got there and jumped in the car. And of course, tears come flying down my face. And she said, what is going on? And I'm like, please just go, just go, just go, just get out of here. Just go. And she's like, I'm not moving this car until you tell me what's going on. And so I told her what happened like any parent, she's like on fire. She's ready. You know, mom on fire is not what people want to see, right? Those moms out there know what I'm saying. And uh, probably any parent at that, for that matter, but um, moms have a little bit more fire. And I, I said, please don't, it'll embarrass me. Please just go, just go, just go, just go. And she, she stood there and she did same thing. She looked me straight in the eye and she said, look at me. She said, what do you want to do? which is still to this day is one of the greatest questions you can ever ask anybody that's, that's having a tough time. So what do you want to do? Because you can sit there and you can wallow in it and you can cry, but what do you want to do? And I said, please. And I live in Southern California In California, we have a place called big five. It's the sporting goods. And I said, can we go to big five? And she's like, (laughs) what? This kid is out of his mind, right? And she's you like, ice cream? you know, you want to, <laughs> right? Right? You don't want, yeah, exactly. You don't want something. And I said, can we just go to Big Five? And so we went there and I said, and I, and I picked out a, a batting tee and I said, I want this. I'll never forget. Yellow sign, 1999. I never forget it. And she's, she's like, I don't even understand what you're doing, but fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like all parents, they want to just ease the pain a little bit. Right. And so she gave that to me and I, and I got home that day and I went straight in the backyard and I put that tee together. And from that day forward, every single day, I hit a hundred balls off that tee at least every day. And the thing was, is that what I knew inside was nobody was ever going to tell me you're not good enough, at least not from lack of effort, at least from not from me working my tail off to get there. Right. And, and I want people to understand it didn't happen overnight because the next year I didn't make the all-star team again. The next year I barely made the high school team and sat on the bench the next year, you know, so it wasn't like it just immediately, but every single day I went out there, there were days and I would use, I, I used tennis balls in the days when it was raining because they, they, the, the, they didn't wreck the leather on the baseballs. Like literally I had tennis balls that were like for rain days or if the, if the grass was wet, so it didn't wreck the, the baseballs that I had. And so 
it was just day in and day out. And, and I didn't let myself do certain things. I wouldn't let myself go out with my friends until I, until I got those hundred swings in. I didn't let myself. And what was cool is a lot of my friends were baseball players. And so I'd be like, they'd be like, Hey, let's go, you know, to the movies. And I'd be like, I got to get my hundred swings in. They'd be like, Oh, me too. Let's go. And they would come too. So it became something fun to do, but it was something that was very, whether they were there or they weren't there, it got done. And so, and I'll, and I'll say by the time I was a senior in high school, I, I led the state in hitting. I was the MVP of our team. I was an all league player and I got a scholarship to go play baseball. Not one other kid out of those 15 kids that were on that 13 year old all-star team that I, and let's just say, cause again, let's go back for a second. What he was saying to me about you, not, I wasn't good enough. What he was saying was I wasn't good enough that year. I wasn't good enough yet. Yeah. It wasn't that I was, could never be good enough. It was that in that moment, again, there's, hundred kids in that league, 15 make it. So there's, you know, whatever, 80 other kids, 85 other kids that also didn't make it. So even if, even if, even if I was the 16th best kid, which is still pretty damn good. If you think about hundred kids, yeah. right. You're still not good enough to make that team. Cause there's 15 kids better than you. Yeah. Right. So it, it wasn't that I wasn't good at, and he was right. That's what I want people to understand is that he, he told me the truth, yeah. but he wasn't saying it to, he was, I know him. His heart was pure gold. One of the greatest men you could ever meet. He wasn't saying it to, to, to push me down. It could have, but what he was saying was, look, you've got to work for this man. Like, yeah, I know you go on vacation with us. Yeah. I know. I love you. You're, you're a kid that we love. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I got to pick the 15 best kids and you're 16th or 17th or 22nd, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Right. Sure. I'm, I, I wasn't good enough yet, but here's what I'll tell you. But we underestimate, we overestimate what we can do in a year. Cause if I would have just done that a couple of times and expected to make the team the next year, right. That, that would, that would be foolish. Right. Cause I didn't make it, but I kept going and I didn't make it by the time I was 18, five years later. Right. So we, we, we overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in five or even 10. Right. By then that skill level, you grow a little bit. Everything started catching up. The work that I was putting in when no one was watching is what counts the most. It's not going to practice because they tell you to be at practice at four o'clock and you're out there for an hour. It's what you do the other 24 of those hours that matters. That's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in your life. It's the same thing with your relationship. There's no different. There's no difference. What you put into it is what is what it is, right? But you leaving that note for your wife in the morning to say, thinking of you and I love you. And she wakes up to that. Like that's when no one's watching right? Yeah. You don't get anything for that. That's but, so but trust me, it changes everything, right? These are the lessons that, that as a child, again, it could have crushed me, but that tea I still own today. It comes with me. I've moved several times to different States playing baseball all over the world for that matter. And it, and, and that's one of those things that I pack in my suitcase. Not, it doesn't get packed up in the truck that travels. It packs next to me because it's a memory. It's, it's, it's a reminder that it's, it, it, you're just not good enough yet, even now, right? Starting optimal self and doing this stuff. I don't know, we're, we're, we're finding our way. We're, we're doing the things, we're, we're, we're piecing it together and coming up with, with things that we think are gonna help people. But again, we're not good enough yet. <laughs> you know, we don't have this crazy, you know, we're not Tony Robbins in front of a hundred thousand people, you know, six times a year and a million dollars just to coach with me one time. Like, like yeah. right, he earned that. Like, let's be clear, like, yeah. Just not good enough yet. But well, if we put know, in the work, we can do it. I got to ask you an important question that I, I, 
I want our audience to hear because I mean, it's so good how you process things. It's so good. Like, you know, we started this off, you know, what makes a man, let's go back to your history. However, for some people, uh, what is a tombstone for others? It's a stepping stone. Mm. You know, you heard this uh, pronouncement over your life that said you weren't good enough. And you heard, I wasn't good enough yet. And I want to go to the sporting store and I want to get a tea. Um, some people say I'm not good enough and, and, and they give up. And so mm. I, I have to ask you, um, what do you think makes the difference? Yeah. What do you mm, think? That's, that is a fantastic question. Yeah. I, again, and I, I think my superpower is seeing the good in the situation. And what I think people need to look at is, again, failure is not failure is if failure would have been if I've been telling everybody my whole life, I want to be a pro, I'm going to be a pro baseball player. I'm going to be a pro baseball player. And because somebody had a, had their opinion that, that I wasn't good enough because that didn't end. I mean, there's plenty of times where, where, you know, there were coaches and things and they were like, yeah, this kid's out of his mind. And I probably was, but guess what? <laughs> guess what? They say the same thing about anybody that, that achieves anything in their life, right? Is that they're like, oh my God, this guy is out of his mind. And before you know it, they're changing, you know, at least changing their own life and changing their own narrative, right? That was the biggest thing is, is being able to. So, so to kind of answer your question, I just think we all need to, to, to assess the situation. And it comes back to, to what we truly want. What I truly wanted was to be a pro baseball player. Like that is, and so regardless of what he was saying about not being good enough and how that could be the death of it, right? It could be. Or I say, okay, <laughs> maybe he's right today, but that's, and, and it's never a proven wrong, right? Like I, I think there is some of that, right? It was, was that when you get challenged that way is like, you know, and there are some coaches that do that on purpose, right? They want to challenge you to, to see if you'll step up or do it. And sometimes that just crushes people because they just, they just don't have it, but what's important to you, you will make time for, yes. right? That that's, that's what I do know about, about life is if it's important enough to you, you will make time. Yeah. So when people tell me all the time, Oh God, you go to the gym still and you work out and no, no, I make the time, right? Like that happens before anybody else gets up in the morning. Before your alarm goes off, I'm already halfway through my workout. <laughs> like, because I know once my day starts, there's no way it's going to happen at another time. But again, I make the time. I, I make the time to, to, to cook my food. You know, I go to seminars all the time. It's so crazy. And they'll have these great, incredible, huge buffets, right? You know, back before COVID. And, and, and people and here I would be is grabbing out of my bag, you know, and I'd have my own food. And they're like, what, where, where did you get that? And I'm like, I, I made it and I brought it because <laughs> I don't know what's going to be served. Right. But yeah. I do know how I'm going to feel if I eat that compared to this and I need to be at my best. And that's yeah. one thing that I, that I look for in, in optimal self is becoming the art of becoming the best version of you. Well, the best version of me is not, is I know if I eat that, I am going, but what it's going to do to my body and how I'm going to feel, I'm going to be tired. My brain is going to, I'm going to need, I'm going to need a nap. Right. And, and there are days where that's not, that's not a possibility. So if I can, if I can eat the clean fuel and I can fuel myself properly, then I know that, that I'll be sharp enough so that no matter who I meet, you get me. Yeah. Right. That's the truth. Everyone who comes in contact with me, they deserve the best me. They deserve that. And the only way is that if I 
control that. If I, if I do the things necessary to make me the best me, to create the best version of me so that, man, when you see me, you, you can ask, I mean, I look the people around, like you can ask people, this is, this is what you see is what you get. This is who it is all the time. People, awesome. that's probably the number one question I get is like, how do you always have all this energy? What is it? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's a choice, man. It's a choice. You know, I, I, could, I had two takeaways from what you just shared. And I, and I hope that by my, by me sharing mine, that the audience will also have these. So one, I'll show you what's important to you. If you show me how you spend your time. Yeah. Right? Beautiful. So, you know, well said. Definitely. You know, baseball was super important. However, I don't want to gloss over. I don't want us to just miss about finding your superpower, which is to see the good in things. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, right? That's very important. Yes, sir. So your ability to see the good. And so parents, if you're listening and let's say it's your kid that you have to help them through a situation that crushed them, you know, how can we help the kid to see the good in this, which your good that you saw was, I'm not good enough yet. I'm going to go get the yellow tee. I'm going to hit a hundred balls. Today. <laughs> you know, I will be good enough. And so, you know, like that is an interesting twist to hearing you are not good enough. Now I'd like to take this full circle as well. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about getting, you know, some trauma, some damage, some anger issues, some resentment, some fears. And what I think is that until we settle a very important relationship, a very in important internal conflict that we have, we can't have the best relationship with other people either. So I think that this, this early trauma that you had, I think it showed up places in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, I must talking off the show. And if you could share just a little bit about that, uh, you know, maybe about how you reconciled things and, and, you know, where the healing came that allowed you to have better relationships with yourself and everyone else, you know? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Great. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we, everybody has those traumas and, and it, the, the truth is a lot of the things that, that limit us in adult life are usually something that, that, that we don't even know. We, we don't even know where it's coming from. We, you know, but it happened probably prior to us being around seven years old, when our brain, you know, starts to take on the, the, a more, you know, when it starts to really, truly form and hold. So we, we have these things that are stored that we don't know. Obviously I, I shared mine, you know, with, with childhood and stuff. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to over-exaggerate anything. I want to be clear is that my grandparents, my mom, our family was, was wonderful. Like it, it, it took a village, but you know, I mean, I got to go to, I got to play baseball. I got to have cleats. I got to have those things, right. That like, let's be clear. They, they were wonderful in, in at least getting me to practice, right. Like, and, and giving me those opportunities. So, so that's a huge sign, but to go back to where you were going is, is, you know, most of my adult life, I was still very angry at him and, it showed up in other places where, uh, you know, relationships, uh, definitely with, uh, you know, my marriage and, and, you know, that, that, that didn't make it. And, and some of the things that, that I looked back on was when people were around me that would get drunk. And I mean, and I mean, when they would tip that point over from being, you know, okay, okay. The drinks to belligerent or there, like I would literally get angry at them. It would, it would, it would piss me off to say the least. Right. And it, I, I would hold grudges even against them because I was like, you know, I don't want to be around that person anymore. Like, no, them, I, I would, I would write them, I, you know, you'd let them back in time, whatever. And then, but I, but I never knew where that came from. I'm like, 
because even when I would, I would, I would say that to myself, I'd be like, why am I so angry at them getting drunk? What, what, it doesn't, who cares why, you know, but I would be, and I mean that, I mean, it would, it would, I would feel it deep in my soul. I mean, my stomach would hurt my, my, my diaphragm would get tight. Like I would, I could feel it coming on. And, um, years later, uh, I, I owned a gym, you know, a CrossFit gym and all that when I was training and, I had a football program that, that I trained kids to, to, for sports, you know, mental, physical, all of it. And I had a kid that made it to Arizona state and he had a, he was starting and got to play. So they had a Thursday night game pack, you know, pack 12. It was awesome. And was in Arizona and there was a retreat, um, a mindset retreat, uh, basically a kind of a healing, uh, retreat. And so I was like, well, I'm going to be there for Thursday. I'll go watch a football game and then I'll go to this retreat. And I did was wonderful. It was where I learned a ton of stuff about breathing and, and journaling. And, and I was a big journal guy already, but I learned some really valuable lessons and, and they took us deep into ourselves and started to look at who we are. And, and we looked at those moments and we, and we, and we asked those questions. Okay. Think of a time when, you know, you became extremely angry and you didn't know why. Right. And so we'd started digging in and digging in and digging in. It didn't happen there at the retreat. We left it. It ended on Sunday around noon, I was back in my hotel and I was catching a flight on Monday and I was back in my hotel room and I was journeying a little bit. I was writing about my experience. I was like, man, this was really great. I met some really cool people, um, you know, and, and I started, it, it, it started showing up. It started coming up and, and literally from the lower of my back started tightening. It felt like it came all the way up my spine over my head. I had this really bad and I just started crying, like uncontrollably. I could not stop it. I had those, you know, I thought I was having like a heart attack, like an anxiety attack, something. I, I thought something was physically wrong. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to call 911. And so, you know, the, the athlete of me, you know, walking in front of 50,000 people with a guy throwing 95 miles an hour, right? Like I learned a lot in those days of like, okay, get your shit together, breathe. Like I'm, you know, I'm taking deep breaths. I'm, I'm trying to get it. And, and it starts to subside a little bit. I'm still crying. And I start writing about him and I start saying, you know, like, you know, where were you? Why weren't you there? That, you know, like all these kind of questions, questions after question, all these things were coming out and, and I was angry and I was, and I was mad and it was all just coming out like full force. And I stopped for a second and, you know, it kind of subsided. My body started to get back to a little bit more regulatory in, in nature. My heart rate started to come down. And I was like, all right. And I, and I was hungry. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get out of here. I need to go down and eat. Walked in. I turned down the, I turned on the, the, the water and I stepped out waiting for it to get hot, full vulnerable, every, you know, standing there again, naked and in, in, in every way, not just physically, but in every way of, and, it dawned on me in that moment. I was like, I love him. And I was like, and I hated myself for saying that. Like in the moment, I hated my, I was like, you, you, I wanted to punch me. I was like, what? And I was like, oh my God, I love this man. Like, I really truly, like, and, and it started to lessen. Like I, st- I felt like, I literally felt like this, 800 pound gorilla just jumped off my back. And I was like, wow, like a breath, a deep breath. And I mean this, that I had never felt before. And I was like, holy cow. And again, you know, like more tears of joy. 
and I was questioning things. And there was a gentleman that I had met that, you know, had on, on the, uh, on the retreat. And so uh, that was also one of the, the hosts and, and I had his number and I called him and I said, Oh my gosh, something's happening. And I explained to him what happened. I said, and he's like, where's it coming from? I said, because I love him. I love that man. I, I want to love him. And I'm holding myself back from loving him, which is holding myself from even from loving myself or loving anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I was explaining, and he's like, exactly. And he's, he's like, keep going. And it was in that moment that I realized that, that I realized like, okay. And he said something to me on the other line. He said, you're trying to hold him to your standard." which it's okay to have boundaries. It's a whole nother thing when you try to make somebody what they're not. He said, Jeremy, that's his capacity. He is who he is. And you can love him for that. It's okay. You have the permission. You have permission to love him and and know that what he gave you and what he could do in, in his life and what he went on, that's just who he is. Stop trying to make him something. Stop trying to make him you. Stop trying to say, why didn't you do what I did? That's a horrible way to look at it. Right. And I was holding, and he was right. And in that moment, I knew I was like, capacity is a main thing. I train capacity. I talk about this all the time, but yet here I was trying to that. If he's given all he's got, and this is it, you still have boundaries and and you're only going to tolerate certain things for sure. You're not going to put your hands on me. You're not, you know, like that kind of stuff that, that those are boundaries. But understanding his capacity and understanding, and then understanding that it was okay to love him. It was okay to to be okay with that. And it it released so much. And you're right. You said other relationships. Every relationship that I had got better because now I'm I'm looking at it from from my capacity and understanding to love them for theirs, love them for who they are, love them for what they're bringing to the table. And- and if that's all they got, that's okay. That's okay. Well, don't and- miss this, folks. Jeremy here. <laughs> wow, this is amazing stuff. <laughs> so amazing. You know, just I want to I want to share a few things. Uh, you know, for the listeners. You know, one is you don't have to forgive people just for them. Forgive them because you deserve peace. Mm. Peace comes from accepting life the way it is instead of how you think it should be. And then I think one of the most powerful lessons right here, one of the most powerful lessons that you just shared with us is that when you can love him, see, even the bad things in your life, even the bad people in your life, uh, they were put there as teachers. They were your God ordained teachers. They made something in you that became the great man that you are today, Jeremy. And, And you're sharing this with the audience, because if there's people out there that are struggling with the same thing, you know, take it and do what Jeremy did, because I mean, wow. What an amazing life is waiting for you if you can resolve these internal conflicts. So good. So good. Wow. Well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that very much. And I, I wrote that down. Life, we, we, we try to make life, uh, accept life the way it is and not the way it should. We think it should be, right? That's a, that is such a beautiful statement. That's an important transition, right? Just to change the way that we look at things. Yeah. Now, now Jeremy, I know that after today, uh, there are going to be a lot of people that want to get in touch with you. And I know (laughs) business coaching. I know you do life coaching. I know you have your own podcast. Uh, There's so many different ways and uh, different ways that people can follow you and get more and, and reach out to you. So can you tell us about some of those ways and some of the things that you're doing? 
Yeah, thank you for asking. That's uh, so optimalself.today. That's where they can get in. And, and uh, we have some courses and things like that, but all that stuff comes directly to me. So if you sign up, I see it. Uh, we do have a private Facebook group that I'm very active in, uh, that I love participating in, and I love helping. So, uh, I mean, if anybody hears this, they can, I mean, DM me directly uh, either on the optimal, it's optimal underscore self on IG or uh, base brawl is my personal one. I mean, you can kind of figure that out, <laughs> but B A S E B R A W L that, you know, I, I love to, to, to hear their stories and, and chat with them. Uh, anything that I can do optimal self again, that's, that is, that's my passion project. That's, that's, that's my company that we want to build a community of people that, that again, support each other. And it, and it's, it's the, the tagline is the art of becoming the best version of you. And, it's not the best version of me. It's not the best version of if you guys. It's not the best version of your parents. It's not the best, like, like truly starting to understand that, listen, everybody out there has, has a, we all have our own fingerprint. You all have a unique blueprint. You all have a unique song inside of you. And we, we want to, I want to be able to be a platform that I can allow you to sing that song. I don't want one person that walks this earth to go to their grave with that song still inside them. We want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to uh, uh, just give enough back. Listen, all those trials and tribulations, all those things, you're right. They were stepping stones. And th there's something happened, and I'll share this briefly, but um, there was a kid that I was coaching. And one of the things, in, in he, was, he was in real estate and he was really struggling. And he worked for a company that the, the actual company was paying me. So and he, and I, and I make a portion of what he, what he makes, right. That's how you get paid in this business. And he wasn't making any money. And so he, he was struggling and he came to me and he said, Hey, you know, you can fire me if you want, you don't have to coach me, but um, I took a job at Staples and I said, okay, why are you not going to do real estate anymore? And he said, he goes, no, 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 that's still my passion. I, I want to do it. But, but, you know, I'm on my own. Uh, he's 24 years old and he's like, and I got to pay bills. And so I, I had to do this. And I said, he's like, I know you're going to be disappointed. And I said, wait, why would I be disappointed? I said, you're doing what's right for you in this moment. Is that, is that what you're telling me? Yes. I said, okay. He said, but I know I won't, you know, I, I'm going to have a job. So, you know, if you don't want to coach me anymore. And I said, I'll tell you what. I'll continue to coach you on one condition, one condition only. He goes, okay. And I said, when you go to that job, whatever they ask you to do, you do it 100, you do it the best that it can be done. Here's why. If they ask you to sweep, you be the best damn sweeper they have ever seen in their life. You don't leave a speck. You give it every single ounce of you to do. If they ask you to stack computers in the back, you make sure that those things are stacked right. You, may, you be the best damn computer stacker they ever seen. Here's why. Because how you are here is how you are everywhere. Yeah. So here's what happens. If you, because if you go there and you just get a paycheck and you just show up to get to put your time in, right? And you half-ass it, then you're going to, how you are here is how you are everywhere. I said, you will never make it in this commission business called real estate. You will never make it. But if you can go there and you can be the, you can, you can get your mind to saying whatever it is I'm going to do, I'm going to do it the best that it can be done. Those will be stepping stones to when you get here. 
I said, if you will agree to do that with me and you will give it an optimal self is one of our, one of our, one of our courses is we call it a hundred or nothing is, is being able to give a hundred percent of you in those moments, right? Like right now, there's no, my phone is not near me. There's nothing else. I'm coming here and you are getting a hundred percent of me. And when this ends, then I'll take a little break and I'll go to my, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I say that people go, oh yeah, that's easy. No, no. I'm talking about when you're at home. I'm talking about when you go to dinner with your wife, turn your damn phone off. I mean, again, if you have little kids or something, but don't be checking your phone. Don't be looking at Instagram. Look her in the eye. Give them, give that person a hundred percent of you, right? We talk about life balance. There's no such thing. Every moment, give that moment 100%. I, I say that for, for what you're saying is that people get caught up in, in, in trying to, <laughs> again, I use the term half-ass, like half-step things. No, no, there's no half-stepping. You either do it or don't do it. Either give it you or don't give it you. And, and guess what? Sometimes it's not going to work out. Let's be clear. My goal was to be a 20-year major leaguer, go into Cooperstown, be a Hall of Famer, all those things. That was my goal. Not even close, okay? Not even, not even, a, 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 I'm not even a blip on that radar screen. So I didn't make my goal, but I can tell you this. I maximized every single ounce of every single day that I got there. There was never a day that I went like, I look, there's days that they're going to, it's going to end that it, something it's going to come to an end. Sometimes you're going to do your, sometimes you're going to give it everything you got and, and it's not going to work out. That's okay. Cause there's more meant for you. Right. I sell people all the time and, and you guys know this very well. And, and I love sharing this, these moments with you because I wasn't put on this earth to be, to be a hall of famer, to be a pro baseball player, that to be a major leaguer for 20. That's not why I was put on this earth. That was, that was part of my journey to get to the, where I did, that was part of my journey, but I'm going to tell you this. And, and, and I want people to see the difference really quick. I want to, I want to say two words to you, right? There's a difference between accomplishment and fulfillment. All those things that you see on, on, on the, on the resume are accomplishments. I can tell you this, nothing has fulfilled me more than seeing, than helping somebody achieve a goal, than seeing somebody achieve something that, that they dreamed of, that they wanted. And so we think that those things, we think hitting that home run, right. Or, or, you know, standing on that box, you know, with, with 20,000 people cheering you and you're number one in the world. And you're like, oh my goodness, you know, like those are accomplishments, Fulfillment comes from what you can do, what you can help others do. So all the things that I have learned along the way, I don't want to leave those in here. I want to be able to, to, to get them out. I want to be able to share them. That's what optimal self. So if, if they're so inclined and they, and they want to be part of it again, join us. We'd love to have any of you. If I can if, ask me questions, I would be more than happy to answer anything that, that anybody that's hearing this today has. I'd be more than happy to, to share and talk with them at, at any time. So direct message me, email me. Uh, be wow, what a great me. bonus. What a great way to close yeah. out this show. I mean, Jeremy Herder. So how you do anything is how you do everything. So let Jeremy help you do everything right. You know, there it is. Thank you so much for being on this show. Thank you you guys. Let's do it again. I I, I look forward to the next time. (laughs) Yeah. And you'll find all the links in the show notes, folks. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast sponsored by Journey 333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. 
That's right. People come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities, if you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.